Well, good morning. It is good to be here, and I want to um, just say Happy Father's Day to all of our fathers and who are here with us, and those who are here with us in spirit. Happy Father's Day. Um, I hope you got your cookie. I got mine. So, chip, chip, hooray to all our fathers. I um, want to thank George and Kathy for sharing their reflections on annual conference and for um, being delegates representing Ashland Place um, at conference. It was a wonderful um, conference, as I just want to echo um, what Kathy and George um, reflected upon. It was a, a wonderful conference, um, probably one of the best conferences I have been to in spirit. It was um, it was wonderful, um, and I'm not a huge fan of meetings. I don't enjoy them particularly, but um, it was good to be there and to come out of it. Just felt refreshing and revigorating, um, energizing, and I think that uh, says a lot about our delegations and the conference itself and what's going on. Um, that the spirit is still with us and still leading and guiding us forward. Uh, there were a lot of people there in Ashton Place, which I think it, it made it so so special. As Kathy and George said, you know, Sandy was there, Gina was there, and they gave a word of welcome um, to the conference to welcome them to uh, Mobile, and there at the Mitchell Center, it was good to see uh, Alicia was there and was being uh, an usher, and um, and we had Phoebe Lee and Bonnie Chang and Leanne were singing in the combined choir there on Sunday evening in opening worship. It was good to see them there. And um, Brenda Carlisle was there as a delegate for, the, for, the, uh, for our district. And um, it was good to see you know, uh, Lawson and Cheryl were there. Um, good to see them, as, as George mentioned, the other, the past clergy from Ashland Place. Conrad and Glenda saw you there with Lawson and Cheryl. It was good to just to be with you, to be able to say hello and greet you in the name of the Lord and be with you in conference. It was, um, it was wonderful. A lot of things were happening, and Ashen Place was all over it. And it felt great. On Tuesday at lunch, um, we hosted, Ashen Place hosted the, the, the clergy spouse's lunch. And, and that, you know, Leanne and Cheryl kind of coordinated that. And there were a lot of volunteers who set up, who prepared lunch, and who served lunch for our clergy and their spouses. So it was great. We were all over the place. I was so proud of what was being done. And uh, on Wednesday, um, there was the reading of the appointments. It's called the Fixing the Appointments. And Leanne and I were sitting together, and Kristen and Micah we're sitting together. Leanne and I always, it's, a, it's our annual ritual that on Wednesday we sit together, we hold hands as the, as the appointments are read because nothing is in stone until it's fixed. And so beginning in like November, December, we begin consultations with district superintendents and staff parish relations committees, and then we go through this appointment process, and it's a long process. And so we, we, we felt strongly, we had understood that we were going to be appointed back to Ashland Place, but it's not done until it's fixed. And so Leanne and I were there on that back row listening and watching the screen come up, and to see our name there next to Ashland Place, we thank God for that. And we thank God that Kristen was being reappointed to Ashland Place for her fifth year, for our seventh year, seven years together. Who'd have thunk it? 
And then Micah is going to join us. He's going to um, have his charge conference here with us as he enters a transitional leave, leave to be a counselor with Alta Point Hospital. So we're just, we're being blessed again and again. Um, who, I, you know, I, you know, when I was appointed here uh, seven years ago, I didn't, I didn't know what to make. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know that 2020 would come around, pandemic would land on the world. I had no clue any of this was going to happen. But here we are, seven years. And we are grateful to be entering into a, a seventh year future together. Our... Um, our reading today, we're starting a new sermon series, and our reading um, kind of kicks this series off. We're, we're looking at the, the, our, our, the patriarchs. And, and today on, on Father's Day, we're reading the Father Abraham. Are you, do you remember the song, Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham? Leanne was doing the motions earlier, um, Father Abraham song. But we're, we're, we're reading about Abraham today. And the promise that he was going to be a father at, at about 100 years old. And Sarah, his wife, who was also about 100 years old. And so we, we pick up their story as he has left his homeland. He and Sarah and Lot, have, they have traveled from their homeland. And they are now in, the, in Palestine. And they have camped and have made, have made residence under the oaks of Mamre. And so now in chapter 18, beginning in verse 1, we read about this promise. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought. And wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servants. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah, and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it, and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is your wife Sarah? And he said, There in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have grown old, and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure. The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. 
But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, oh, yes, you did laugh. May God bless the reading of the word. Well, there was a lot of work to be done at conference, a lot of work. And there was, as, you, as we all know, there has been a lot of dissension, a lot of division, a lot of disagreement, and a lot of confusion. We addressed it. We addressed it through what we would call holy conferencing. That term was thrown around from here to there at annual conference. Holy conferencing. As the Board of Trustees gathered on the stage at annual conference, we presented, the chair of the trustees presented a resolution and a proposal, a process for churches considering disaffiliation. The process was, was, was made public the week before conference. It had only been adopted by the Board of Trustees the week before conference. And when it went public, there was concern, there was heartburn, there was heartache, there was some anger. And we learned of all of this at conference. So the Board of Trustees met with some of the clergy who were bristling at this process. And as the conversations took place over this process regarding paragraph 2553, a disaffiliation, changes were made. Clarifications were made. And the process was made more clear. The statement was articulated a little better. To make clear that this was a, a process about paragraph 2553, to make clear this was a process that allowed churches to disaffiliate after they articulate why. And then it lays out a process, a clear process of discernment for 40 days. It just articulated the intent of the law, making clear a process for churches to go through that would make fair a process for all churches, that each church would go through the same process of discernment. Once that was laid out on the floor of the, of the conference, it was approved, absolutely approved with an overwhelming majority. That was one issue that we faced. Another issue was presented by the Board of Pensions and Health. The Board of Pensions and Health had to make a very tough decision to eliminate the health care benefit for retired ministers who had disaffiliated from United Methodist Church. It was not something that we wanted to do, not something anybody wanted to do. It was a financial decision. Because of all the disaffiliations, we could no longer afford to provide a health care benefit that would help the, the supplemental Medicare benefits for retired ministers. Now, if you're over 60 years old, you're grandfathered in. 
if you're in a United Methodist church. If you disaffiliate from United Methodist church, you lose that benefit. I lost that benefit. Not because I'm disaffiliating, but because I'm not yet 60 years old. I will not get that benefit because it's a financial decision. It's not one I'm particularly happy about, but I understand it. I get it. And we'll make adjustments. We'll go to the marketplace and we'll get supplemental insurance. This was some of the holy conferencing that was mentioned and thrown around. That we had to make concessions. We had to make decisions that we didn't want to make. But we were entering into a future we did not anticipate. We could not foresee. None of us could have. Not just 2020 and the pandemic, but the disaffiliations that were just unrolling, creating problem after problem. One solution becomes the future's problem, and that's what we faced. And so we had to make decisions. And because we were willing to come together, because we were willing to have conversations and let the Spirit continue to lead us, we can call that holy conferencing. And we can get to a better place. And we can continue to move into a future that we still can't see. Today on Father's Day, we are kicking off this sermon series by talking about Father Abraham. A man who was in his about 100 years old. And yet to have a son. And his wife, who was almost 100 years old, and yet to have a son, and to have a child. But he was given a promise, a divine promise. And now these messengers show up at his tent. When he's sitting outside the tent, under these oaks of Mamre, probably daydreaming about a future. What will my future look like? What's down the road? Will I really have a son? Will I have a child? What will the future look like for me when I'm childless or if I have children? I don't know. He's sitting there outside the tent, daydreaming, wondering about his future. Well, his wife Sarah is in the tent. And these messengers show up. And he welcomes them with grand hospitality. He offers to wash their feet, let them rest in the shade, provide them with a, a lavish, grand meal, a tender calf, curds and milk. Come and sit let me take care of you. They said, go and do as you have said. And then one of these messengers speaks up and says, I'm going to come back in due season and visit you and your wife and your son because I'm going to make good on this promise I made to you that you will be the father of a great nation more numerous than the stars in the sky, more numerous than sands on a beach, you are going to be the father of a great nation who will be blessed by God and who will be blessed to be a blessing to the world. Sitting outside the tent daydreaming, enjoying the shade of the oak trees, he gets the promise again, is reminded of the promise of children. You know, I remember when I first learned that I was going to be a father, I was 
I said I was in my 20s last service, and Jess reminded me you were not in your 20s. In fact, he was snarky enough to say, what child did you have in your 20s? <laughs> okay, I was in my 30s. It was on my birthday. We were living in Atlanta, and Leanne and I were in our, in our house, and I was sitting, we were sitting on the floor for some reason, and uh, she had given me a birthday card, and I was reading the card, and it was a, a birthday card that had Snoopy on the cover, my favorite Peanuts character. So much so, I named my first pet Snoopy, and Snoopy was a beagle, appropriately. Happy birthday. You're going to be a dad. Well, I didn't. I read it. I didn't really get it. I'm not the smartest one around. And then when it finally soaked in, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm going to be a dad. I didn't really know what it meant to be a father. And I, I think if we, take, if we were to kind of pull all of the fathers in the, in the room and, and the fathers all over the place, I would guess none of us really understand what that future looks like. We don't get it. And I was afraid, absolutely afraid of what, what that future looked like. Because I didn't, I didn't understand. I didn't know what it meant to be the caregiver of, a, of, of someone so vulnerable, so tender, so young. You know, I, I had never held a baby before. Certainly never changed a diaper. Never rocked one to sleep. And now I'm going to be charged with that child's life. That didn't seem fair to me. And it certainly didn't seem fair to this child who was coming into my life. So I could only trust God into that future. And I could only trust Leanne into that future. Because I was utterly clueless. I didn't know what Ellie would bring into my world. I didn't understand that I would be sitting on the front porch on cool nights while she coughed out croup. I didn't know what it would feel like to have to hold her when they're drawing blood for a test. I didn't know anything about middle school girl drama. Oh my. It's scary. It's a scary future. And I, and I couldn't have foreseen that she would be the homecoming queen in her high school, Miss Choctaw. I could not have seen that. And now she's a, a full-grown woman and she's teaching middle school English in the middle of middle school drama. And she's become a mother figure to some of those young girls who are dealing with some severe middle school drama. I couldn't be more proud of my children. But it's a pride I could not have seen and I could not have experienced without divine promises and trust in God and following God's spirit into a future that I could not see. That's a lesson I have learned about fatherhood. 
Ellie and Jess just remind me again and again and again what it's like to step into a future unaware. To step into a future that we can't fully understand and can't foresee, but know that it's going to be good because we're following God. That's a lesson that that Father's Day reminds me of. It's a lesson that conference reminded me of through all of last week. That we are called to enter into a, a future that we can't see, we can't fully know, but we enter it with trust, trust with God and trust with one another. That we will holy conference and work out our disagreements. And that we will be so proud when our own stand up to serve. You know, I was reminded when I, when I read in this passage about, you know, when, when, when these visitors showed up um, before Abraham and he, he, he ran, he ran to them and welcomed them. And how, how we as a church at Ashland Place, I want you to understand just how important this is. Ashland Place ran to the conference and welcomed them to Mobile. We sent our own, Sandy and Gina, to welcome them. We sent our own to welcome the, the, the clergy spouses to our church. We welcomed them into our tent. And we prepared for them a lunch. And we prepared for them hospitality and generosity. And we stood by to serve them. This is what it means to be the sons and daughters of Father Abraham. That we walk into a future that we can't know. We go into a land that we're unfamiliar. We sit and we daydream and we wonder and we hope and we pray at the entrance of our tents and we welcome the stranger. We feed, we offer drink, we wash their feet, we welcome them as one of our own. This is the lesson from Genesis chapter 18. And I want us as a congregation to understand that we have been living that out, even if we are unaware We have been reaching out in hospitality. We have been welcoming the stranger. We've been feeding the hungry. We do it all the time. Ask Cammie. We feed the hungry all the time. We welcome the stranger all the time. I invite us on this Father's Day as we have come out of annual conference to just embrace a future that we cannot know 
but embrace it with a trust and a faith in God who will be with us, who will lead us into that future to a good end. Wherever we go, whoever we meet in the days ahead, God is with us. God will provide for us. God will lead us to do what we need to do, are called to do. To be sons and daughters of Father Abraham. When we do it well, we can hang on to the words of Paul and recognize and embrace that our faith will be reckoned to us as righteousness. So as a church, on Father's Day, as a church every day, let us live in such a way into the future that our faith will be reckoned to us as righteousness in the eyes of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.